Okay, so we're starting a, a kind of a mini-series. In February, we're going to look in the, the book of Philippians. But for January, we're going to kind of look at direction and what you do in the new year and that sort of thing. And I thought we'd start with a question because it's sort of an important question. Have you ever ended up where you never dreamed you'd end up? And the sort of the maybe funny or ironic or sad part about this is when I was trying to think of illustrations about times where I ended up where I never dreamed I would end up, I came up with like five or six times where I was at a place where I really didn't think I um, would end up. Let me give you a couple of examples. Um, We had, Miriam and I have four kids, you all know this, and our first daughter, Miriam, uh, had natural childbirth, no medication, no pain meds for that at all. She was like that little house on the prairie wife and kind of, you know, just sort of popped her out of there. And uh, it was, uh, I was in the room and it was, you know, she squeezed my hand and um, I think I injured a couple of, uh, of, of my fingers. And so second child, Miriam, Hardy did the pioneer woman thing, so she decided she was going to do that epidural deal, and if you've ever done that, um, I didn't exactly know what that was going to be about, so I was in the room, and the doctor comes out with a needle that looked like a harpoon, I I mean it was, have you seen these? They're really, really, really long, and um, I was doing okay until they stuck it in her back, and I'm watching this, now I'll, I'll never forget this, because I was sort of close to the wall, and it was a good thing. Because I remember sort of lights flashing, and uh, I remember like curtains coming down over my eyes. And I remember leaning against the wall, and I remember a nurse saying to me, you might want to sit down. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, I would really like to not be here right now. So that was one case. Uh, When I was about 18 years old, my dad bought a, a... kind of a wrecked jeep it, it had kind of it kind of rolled over and uh he bought it for cheap and he said hey this is yours to drive and man if you're an 18 year old and you get a jeep what do you want to do with that you want to go out and do some mudding and go on some roads and that sort of thing now understand something I, i'm a city boy i don't know anything about this stuff but where i lived there was a place called the knobs and the knobs was where you went because that's kind of had they had logging roads and and it was I don't know how to nicely say it. There were rednecks there out in the knobs. And that's where the rednecks lived. All of us really sophisticated people lived in Danville. And uh, uh, the rednecks lived over in the knobs. That's Perryville. Perryville. But we called it Perryville. And uh, that's where all these people lived. So, um, my buddy Mike Wilson. By the way, most of my stories about you end up where you didn't, never dreamed you'd end up, have Mike Wilson in them, by the way. It's kind of interesting. But Mike and I decided we were going to go four-wheeling someplace in a in a jeep that had been wrecked and we had no idea if it would run it was kind of one of those things so but we you know in our 18 year old wisdom decided this was a good idea and by the way I didn't tell my dad uh that was really a kind of a key to this so we we, we're driving out in the knobs and there's this road and it looks like it's going to be fun to to go off road on and there was a sign that said no trespassing I mean we kind of saw it we knew it was there, but what does that really mean, no trespassing? I mean, was that for us, or was it for other people, other rednecks? We're, we're not rednecks, so we're thinking, it must be okay. So, um, by the way, 
if you see a no trespassing sign, that would be a really good idea to not trespass. I, I, I've learned this from this one event. So Mike and I in the Jeep, we drive uh, up the kind of rocky road there for a bit. And then there's this clearing. It was kind of cool. There's this clearing. And we were kind of just going down the road. And all of a sudden, these four guys on four-wheelers uh, start to pursue us. Now, um, I don't know about you guys, but most four-wheel drive, those little ATV things don't have gun racks, do they? This one did. Uh, all these guys had gun racks. So I'm thinking, well, we may have should have heeded that sign about the no trespassing thing. So they cut us off. They stop us. Now, I've got to tell you, I've rarely feared for my life. I mean, that doesn't happen a lot. But when the guys pointed their rifles at me and asked me, uh, I'll clean it up a bit. What are y'all doing up in her? It was something like that. It sounds something like that. Um, you know, fortunately for us, we probably had really stupid looks on our face because we were really stupid. And uh, um, we gave them the, we are just trying to find a place to go four-wheeling. To which the guys said, this ain't the place. And I'm thinking... Okay, well, if you'll let us turn around, we'll never come back. And he said, you should turn around, and you should forget you've ever been here. Now, you have to understand, in Boyle County, Kentucky, it is the marijuana-growing capital of Kentucky. And I have a suspicion that maybe something nefarious was going on down the road. Uh, all I know is, I was at a place where I didn't want to be. And you kind of get the picture. Every once in a while, we get to a place where we're sort of scared, we're, we're, we don't know what to do, we don't know where to turn, and this happens in our life. And most of us say, hey, I'd, I'd like some direction. And, and some of you might be entering 2017, and you're saying, you know, I've, I've never lost a job before, or I've never hated my job before, or I've you know, never been married before. I mean, there's probably some newness in 2017 that's going to happen. It's either just happened, or it's going to happen to you, and, you know, I've never been this sad before. I've never um, been a widow before. I mean, there's stuff that happens to us that we sort of want direction in our life. And the good news is help is available. I mean, that's kind of nice. God wants to give us direction. But what we have to understand, and this is a big idea for the day, is that God's will for your life is mostly about who you're becoming. Not so much about where you're going or what you're going to do when you get there. We often focus on the... Where am I going and what am I going to do? And God wants us to focus on who are we becoming. Because here's what's ironic. You could get to the right place. You could marry the right person. You could have the right occupation. But if you're not the right person, if you're not, if you're not becoming the person God wanted you to be or wants you to be, you could still be, be in, with the right person in the right place and still be miserable. You know, I, my job, your job, and this is sort of, it, it's, it helps us relax a bit. But when we understand my job is to become the person God's called me to be, to use the gifts he's given me to, to use, to, to live in his presence every day. This is God's ambition for our lives. Then some of the other stuff stops feeling so overwhelming. Uh, who am I going to marry and all those kind of things. Well, become the right person. And, and then the other stuff sort of falls in place. Now, God gives us these amazing navigational tools to help us get to the right place 
personally, to, to become the right person. And we're going to talk about these. Now, for, for many of you, this is a review. Uh, if you've ever sat through a sermon and you said, you know, I know all this, I know all this. It, it may not be that you're going to hear new information today. Maybe it is. But it may not be new information. This is just information that we all need. I, I, I need to remember this. And so I need to be reminded on January 1st, 2017, these are things that will help me become the right person. Navigational tools. So number one, first navigational tool is, is God's Word. God, God's Word. It, it is... The Bible talks about it a lot. Um, your word is a lamp that gives light everywhere I walk. It's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It helps me know the direction I want to go. Uh, last weekend, Miriam and the girls and I, we took a hike. And all four of our daughters and us, we went on the rim trail. And we sort of we, we started out at 1030. We figured we'd be done 230-ish, you know, that kind of thing. It is a really, really long hike, and it's a really hard hike. And i got to tell you, at 4.30, and we're not back yet, I, I start to think about, okay, I don't know that much longer I'm going to be able to see the path. Because, you know, it gets dark at 5.30 or 5.15. And, and, and I became, it, it was a little um, disorienting, honestly. And, and not only do I feel the pressure of, you know, we're not, we might be out here all night. It's the pressure of, I'm the dad, and I let us get out here all night. And I'm, I'm feeling a little guilty about that. And, and then I remember that Miriam said it was okay, so it's kind of her fault too. And that helped a little bit. <clears throat> but, but there was this, uh, uh, when it gets dark, what are we going to do? Okay, so sometimes in our life it feels dark. <laughs> like we don't know the path, where the path is. And we kind of don't know the direction to go. And if it had gotten dark on us, I don't know what we would have done because I guess my phone has a little flashlight and that would have helped some. But we weren't prepared because we didn't take flashlights and stuff. We didn't think we were going to be out there that long. You have to prepare. There, there's this castle. It's, it's on Barbados. It's, uh, the name of it is Sam Hall Lord's Castle. The guy that built this was a pirate. It's kind of the, he was the most... Um, he was the wealthiest guy on the island for a while. And what they would do, what, what's interesting is, um, lots of people will give you their opinions about things. Lot, there's a lot of different, we'll call it light, but there's a lot of different light out there. People giving you their opinions. And so, you have to determine what's the best light. And my proposition today would be, well, God's word, that is really light. But what, what this guy would do, Sam, Lord, uh, Sam Hall Lord um, he had pirates, and what they would do is stand on the beach with torches, and they would kind of spread out, and they would lure ships into their port and rob them, because if you're a ship, and you don't know where you are, and you see lights, and you think it's a community or a village or a place that you could port, then they would have these, um, occasionally have these ships that would come into ports and when they got there, the pirates would, would, would rob them. There, there's a difference between lights, and people are desperate for direction. Pe- people look for direction all over the place. They'll look to celebrities, as if a celebrity is smarter than you or has more wisdom than you about life. I mean, or they'll look to horoscopes. I love horoscopes because they're so stupid. Um, they, they, you'll, you'll read something like, let your limitations guide you. 
that's just stupid. I mean, what does that mean? You'll, you'll read stuff like, um, uh, getting more money may improve your financial situation. You think? Wow, that's brilliance. Uh, avoid smashing into other vehicles when driving today. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that that was there. Now, I, I love these verses. The Lord's teachings are perfect and they give strength to people. The Lord's rules can be trusted. They help even foolish people become wise. The Lord's laws are right. They make people happy. The Lord's commands are good. They show people the right way to live. And aren't those awesome verses? God gave us his word so that we might know the direction he wants us to go. God will never direct us in a way that contradicts his word. And so we need to know his word better all the time. Now, if you're having an impression that, hey, I should do this, but it contradicts God's word, well, then it's probably, in fact, you can be certain, it's not the right way to go. And we can improve our decision-making batting average just by running our decisions, our potential decisions, through the filter of God's word. Would God approve of this? Is this something that God wants me to do? Because as a a pastor, I've had conversations with people, and and there's this little phrase of regret that people use often. It's called, if only. If only I hadn't slept with him. If only I hadn't cheated if only i hadn't lied if only i hadn't been so harsh with my kids if only i read an article just last week about a young man i mean in his 20s and and he got in a car with a guy with his friend and they went and his friend was going to buy drugs and the drug deal went bad and his friend took pulled out a gun and and shot the drug dealer, and the drug dealer died. And this young man who just was in the car got 10 years in prison for that as an accomplice. And I guarantee you every night he's in his cell saying to himself, if only I hadn't gotten in that car. The the beautiful thing about God's Word is it is so accessible to us. I mean, understand, we live in a time where there's never been more access to biblical knowledge than there's ever, this is the most ever. I mean, you can get a Bible online, it's on your phone, it's on your tablet, uh, uh, Bible gateway. In fact, on your outline, I gave you three or four resources of how to read the Bible and and places to go find um, uh, kind of daily devotionals. And I talked about it even in my article this week. There's something, you have to make a plan. When am I going to read God's Word? Where am I going to read it? How much am I going to read? We even provide you today with something called the 555 plan. And basically, by the way, these are out in the foyer. They're right over here if you want one. On the back, there's sort of a reading guide. This is what we're going to read. And by the way, this will take us through, if you read it every day, it'll take us through uh, Philippians, which is what we're going to study beginning in February. Kind of uh, prime the pump a bit, get you in the right spot. But this plan is simply, I'm going to take five minutes a day, five days a week, and I've got five questions I can ask. And you don't have to ask all five every, uh, every day about what you're reading, but maybe you do the, the same question every day about what you've read that day. Five minutes a day isn't that much. If you make a plan, when am I going to make a plan? When am I going to do this? Am I going to do it first thing when I get up? Am I going to do it during my lunch break? Am I going to do it right before I go to bed? Am I going to do it right after dinner? You, you just make a plan. It's most important to make a plan. 
And for me personally, accountability is huge. Because when I know somebody's going to ask me, hey, have you been reading your Bible? I'm much better at it. Because I know, I mean, I, there have been times where I get to the end of the day and I'm, I'm really ready for bed, but I'm thinking to myself, you know, somebody's going to ask me. My, my, my accountability group, they're going to ask me if I've been reading Scripture. And I've got I've to read it now. And it helps me maintain motivation. And <laughs> there's nothing better. If, if you make no other resolution this year, then I, I need to start reading my Bible every day, even if it's a little bit. There are um, places that will send you the verse of the day. I get that on my phone. I, I get the verse of the day from Bible Gateway. I get that every, every day. So I can read it first thing in the morning. It comes early so I can read it. But I read more than that. But there are so many options available to us. And, there's, I mean, and if you don't own a Bible, we have Bibles to give you. I mean, it's not like you can't get God's Word. We don't... Access isn't the issue. It's allowing God's word to get in our hearts and our minds that's the issue. So I'm going to just strongly, as strongly as I can, encourage you. Use the 555 plan. Uh, Find something online that you can use to read the Bible this year. So number one, God's word, man, is such a great resource and so often we neglect it. Number one, God's word. Number two, the Holy Spirit's voice in our hearts. This was a little confusing, so we're going to kind of spend a little bit of time uh, on this. When we become followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us, kind of uh, offering us guidance in our lives. Jesus put it this way. He said, when the Spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. Now, I love using Google Maps. I love it because whatever the Google Map lady is, does she have a name? Let's call her Gertrude. Uh, when Gertrude decides, you know, you need to turn, she, she's awesome. Because what does she say? And a thousand feet, turn right. I love that. Uh, I don't like it so much when she says in a thousand feet, turn right, and you're in the left lane, and you've got to get over four lanes of, of traffic in a thousand feet. That's really not great. But, um, but I, I like it. The other day, I was going to some place out on Rutherford Road, and she, she had me turning crazy. I mean, she doesn't always give you perfect directions, but she gets you there. I like that about her. Now, Miriam and I had the opportunity. Miriam's parents are from Switzerland. Miriam is Swiss. Uh, they had their 50th anniversary three or four years ago. I don't remember now. And so we all went to Switzerland for uh, their 50th anniversary. <laughs> Fortunately, they helped pay for it. Thank you. Uh, and so uh, that's how we all got to go. And we rented a, a vehicle, and it had GPS built into the dash. Awesome. I mean, that's awesome. Except it spoke German. Which isn't real helpful to me. I don't know a lot of German. Uh, I, I watched uh, Hogan's Heroes growing up. That was helpful. And I heard her call me a Dummkopf a couple times. I don't know. That, I don't think that's nice. I don't know. But it was, you know... Uh, um, all right, I wrote some down. Begin the links. What does that mean? Go left. Ah. Gehen uh, die Runde über. What does that mean? Just make something up. Go roundabout. Yes, that's what it meant. Yes. Uh, I can't even read it. Verboten sie große Dummkopf. I heard that one. That means you're a big dummy. And, and so... Um, if you don't understand the voice, it doesn't help you. Now, 
the Holy Spirit. Oop. Let me sort of illustrate his presence in our lives. Um, you're, let's say you're at work. You're working, and, and you're not really interested that much in work, so you decide you're going to go chat it up with one of your coworkers, which is, I mean, I, mean, I get that, but you're really not supposed to. And so you're over there chatting with your coworker, and all of a sudden your boss walks in, and you say something like, yeah, I'll get that report to you ASAP. Which is odd because you work at Sphinx and you make popcorn. But that, that's okay. When the presence of the boss is there, you behave differently. It just sort of alters the way you behave. As a pastor, this is funny for me because I'll be talking to somebody and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll drop a cuss word or something every now and then. And, and then they learn I'm a, a preacher. This is the, the funniest thing. I love this when this happens. And they'll say, pardon my French. I didn't even know I spoke French, but I understood what they were talking about. Um, I'm bilingual. I didn't even know it. They, they, um, they understand there's a certain way that they should behave, at least they think, around a preacher. And so this notion of the Spirit living in us, it, if we understand that God is with us, every time we do something, everywhere we go, everything we, we're looking at, God is, is right there, then it changes our behavior. God is with us. We just came through Christmas, and Jesus was called Emmanuel, which means God with us, and he said, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. And, and you might say, well, how do I, under, how do I discern his voice? Um, all my older girls played basketball in high school, uh, junior high, uh, even a couple of them in college. And when they played basketball, um, we played in a place where the, the coaching wasn't stellar, and uh, uh, at least to, to, my, to my standards, and, <laughs> in my opinion. And so uh, occasionally they needed, they needed extra coaching. And I was uh, willing to provide that. Uh, I know the coaches appreciated uh, all my help. Now, when they were playing and I needed their attention, I had a, a system of getting their attention. I would whistle. And, and so they'd be down on the other end of the court, and, and there would be a timeout or something, and I would whistle. Hey! That's whistling and haying. Uh, that's what I would do. I would whistle and hey. Now, it was remarkable how every time I whistled, they would look. It, it, in fact... The other day we were someplace and I couldn't get their attention because there was a crowd and I whistled and all three of them turned around. Uh, they knew, they still know the signal. That's the signal. Hey, even a crowd, I know that's daddy's whistle. That, I, I need to look for that. And even in the crowd, even when there's lots of noise all around us, if we're, if we're listening for his voice, because the closer we get to him, as we develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, He's going to start, he already started, telling us things. This is stuff we should do. And the, the closer we draw to God on a daily basis, the more we recognize his promptings. And we, we hear what he says to us. And, and it'll be stuff like, uh, you, should, you should call whoever. You need, you need to make that call. Or, or, you, or say you're sorry. 
or, or stop being so bullheaded or stop exaggerating or listen, just listen, stop talking. I mean, I, I believe God tells me often, just shut up and listen. Just, just slow down a little bit. Make time for your family. I, I would guarantee you uh, the, the voice of God would say to some of us, get off your phone. We were at the beach yesterday at Charleston. The beach, like the ocean. Have you been there? It is awesome. It is huge. It is amazing. Are you amazed by the ocean? I mean, it is just phenomenal. And, and, uh, and we're at the beach, and I'm noticing how it is just, the sun was coming up. Ah, it was great. And there were three kids on their, uh, walking on the beach on their phones. They're walking down the beach on their phones. And I took them all and I threw them in the ocean. I said, look at that. I, did, I didn't really do that. But, but you want to say, look at this. What could there be on that phone that is anywhere near amazing as this? It is amazing. Get off your phone, for goodness sakes. And enjoy this. Because it is awesome. I mean, part of why I like going out in the woods, hiking, it's because it's really hard to hike and look at your phone. It's really hard. David, isn't it? I mean, you can't hardly do it because you'll end up falling down. You have to concentrate on what you're doing. And, and so God will whisper these things in our hearts. Look at this. Notice this. Do this. One of the things God tells me sometimes is pick up that piece of trash. Isn't that a funny thing for God to say? It's not even my trash. But sometimes I, I have this prompting where God says, you should pick that up. And I pick that up. Because the more you are obedient to that voice, the more you'll hear the voice of God inside your heart. Now, a little warning, never just follow promptings. Again, a prompting will always be consistent with Scripture. But, but when God says stuff, stuff like, go talk to your neighbor, don't be in such a hurry, spend some time talking to people. One of the things God would say to us, I think, is build relationships. Our, our job is to be obedient enough to where we just recognize His voice. Number three, we had God's Word, we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and then we have the advice of trusted spiritual friends. Now, Lots of people will give you advice, understand that. I mean, not all, not all people are spiritual friends. And if you look hard enough, you'll get somebody that will just agree with you because there are people out there that want to be your friend or want you to like them, and they'll tell you just what you want to hear. What I'm talking about is having somebody that you love enough that loves you enough to tell you the truth. My dad was that for me. I, I never wondered if daddy had my best interest at heart. And sometimes I didn't even have to ask him, and he would give me his opinion. Because he cared about me. There are verses around this. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. I remember when I was 19 years old, I worked at the muffler shop with my dad. And muffler shop work isn't glamorous work. And you get kind of dirty. And I was a bit of a pretty boy. And I didn't really love it so much. And so I remember coming home one day and I told my dad, Dad, uh, I believe... Uh, the impression of the, of the Holy Spirit, I believe God is saying to me 
that he wants me to quit working at the muffler shop. And daddy said, well, what do you, what do you, what do you think God is telling you to do? And I had an answer for this. I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really certain that God wants me to quit working at the muffler shop and he wants me to go to Kings Island Amusement Park in Cincinnati and sing. And daddy said, no, he doesn't. And that was it. That was the end of that. Like, like maybe the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I mean, it was like, no, he doesn't. What my, what my dad knew is that all I was trying to do was get away from uh, godly influence and hard work. And oftentimes, in fact, I would say, most often, godly influence and hard work is probably exactly where God wants you to be. And so daddy through the divine inspiration of years of wisdom, said, no, that's, that's not what God wants you to do. And so I didn't do that. I, I miss him. Those are, those are people that you know love you, and they're going to tell you the truth even if it hurts. We live in a world where we have safe zones because we're afraid of language that doesn't make us happy. But what if we need language that doesn't make us happy? Because the truth sometimes is difficult. doesn't make it not true. We, we need people who love us enough to tell us the truth. That's why small groups are important, where you develop relationships with people who love you enough to tell you the truth. We, we, Miriam and I hope we're that for our daughters. That we can tell them the truth. That they'll love us enough where we can tell them the truth. Because we know we love them enough to tell them the truth. One more. Circumstances. I put this at the end because every open door isn't always God opening the door. But sometimes doors open and you just know it's not a coincidence. And, and you walk through this door, and then you walk through that door, and you walk through this door. And eventually you get down the path a bit, and you look back and you go, Oh, those things lined up perfectly. God must have been in that. Now, again, you have to watch for circumstances. Some people are, are, make this so mystical. They, they try to like rearrange the letters and license plates, you know, and try to find God's voice there. Or um, they'll book a flight because they woke up at 7.47 in the morning. You know, stuff like that. Um, I'm not talking about that. It's more um, just sometimes the door opens and you just sort of know that this is something God wants you to pursue. The NFL season is just nearing the end, at least for some teams like the Panthers. And uh, uh, today's the last day, right, for some teams, and then we have the playoffs and that kind of thing. Well, have you ever seen quarterbacks? I think I have a picture of Peyton. He, they have that far-off look. They're, they're, they're in a game, and they, they, they hold their heads, and they have that far-off look. And you're, you kind of wonder, does he have a headache? I mean, uh, you know, uh, what's going on right now? And, and then if you know anything about this, there's a guy called an offensive coordinator, and usually he's sitting up in a booth someplace, and he's got a radio, and he radios to the quarterback, hey, this is the next play. And so if the crowd is loud, they'll put their hands over the ear holes so they can hear the play. Now, how silly would it be if the offensive coordinator, which, by the way, is paid a gazillion dollars to do this, if he says to, let's say, Peyton, hey, Peyton, um, here's the deal, 
this game. We're going to try something different for this game. We're afraid somebody's stealing our signals. We're playing New England. And uh, we're afraid they're stealing our signals. And so what we're going to do, that is funny, I don't care who you are. Uh, uh, We're afraid they're stealing our signals, so we're not going to do the radio thing. Because we think they know know what channel we're on. So, um, there's uh, 90,000 people in the stadium, and we have strategically placed seven folks in the stands, seven men in the stands, and they're kind of dressed like everybody else, and they'll be giving you the signals. Your job is to figure out which of the seven those guys are. Now, how silly is that? I mean, that was just really, really dumb. Because you might think that guy's giving you a signal, he's ordering a hot dog. I mean, how crazy is that situation, that scenario? It's dumb, right? God doesn't ask us to figure out what what the voice is. He doesn't ask us to figure it out. He asks us to develop a relationship with him so we just know his voice. Look at this last couple of verses. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Let's kind of take this slow. Trust in the Lord, like now, wherever you are now. The job you're in now, the relationship you're in now, trust in the Lord now and do good. And then you'll live safely. Commit everything. That's kind of the future. Commit everything to the Lord. Trust Him and He'll help you. So now I'm, I'm, I am trusting in God. And in the future I'm committing to God. And be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. And sometimes we try to run ahead of God and that's a problem. And sometimes God is saying, just wait, just wait a second. I've got a 10-year-old. My my 10-year-old gets um, excited about things sometimes. And she kind of gets ahead of herself. And sometimes, it's it's fun to watch Miriam and and Elise, they bake bread together. And and Elise kind of knows the process, but they're... When you bake bread, the, the process is somewhat slow. You've got to let the dough rise, and there's, there's, a, there's a process. I don't know personally, but I, I think there's a process from what I observe. And Elise will try to get ahead, and I, I've heard Miriam say a couple times, now wait a minute, wait, 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 not yet, not yet. And the other day she said, well, why can't we put two trays of bread in at the same time? And Miriam had to remind her, no, we do one at a time because we want to make sure the heat's evenly distributed or something. I don't know. I just eat it. I don't know. But I, but I, I know that Elise was ready to go. And Miriam had to say, wait a minute. Just wait a minute. Just wait. It's okay. Just wait. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But not just yet. There's timing involved. See, see ultimately, my job is to draw close to God. And to become the person he wants me to be. Because when I do that, through reading his word, through taking the time to meditate on his word, through uh, circumstances and discerning the Holy Spirit's voice, and through wise counsel of godly people, when I become the person God wants me to be, that's when I'm going to understand what God wants me to do. When I become the person God wants me to be, that's when I understand what God wants me to do. I can really understand it then. So our prayer for each other should be, God, this year, starting today, let us become the people, let us become the church that God has called us to be. 
so that we can know what God calls us to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you give us so many, you communicate with us so many different ways. That you're not limited to your word, although if it was just your word, that would be enough. But we have the Holy Spirit and we have wise spiritual counsel and we have circumstances in our life and we have promptings of your, your voice and our spirit telling us what to do. And Father, today we pray that we might become the people you called us to be. We thank you for a new year, new challenges that are in front of us. We thank you that as we enter 2017, we know we're going to face some struggles, but we know there's joy in 2017. Help us to slow down and be quiet enough to hear your voice. We pray it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.